1: Welcome to the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this week. It's a very special episode because Steve's not here. My name is Alex. I
0: can only assume he has uh, run off with Chris Treveller after they stared at
1: each other across the field. They were on the field at the same time together. And I know he's, Steve's dream. Um, Steve is pumped about that. And I have, I have pictures uh, that prove that they were on the field together and... Steve said, and he I win a plague, but I think he just came down with a serious case of love for Chris Trevler. Like I wasn't on the bus,
0: but I, everyone was texting. He's like, Steve is unbearable.
1: He's telling the bus driver to drive
0: faster to get there for the Chris Trevler signings. Like I, I can't imagine what it was like.
1: Uh, he was very hard to contain. He was, he was saying words. I've never heard him say before when talking about Chris Trevler, that's how excited he was about him. And, uh, I, I, I was at the tailgate and I couldn't find Steve for probably about half an hour. I can only assume that he booked her across the parking lot to IG field to the Chris Trevor lines? signing.
0: I can only imagine.
1: Um, you can and give he us hates, follow-
0: actually he shut this. He probably shut this off about what, two minutes ago or two minutes uh,
1: in. So. Uh, we're about two minutes in. Yeah. About, uh, yeah. Minute 59 ago is when he mm-hmm. shut this off. Yeah. So goodbye, Steve. Um, you can give us a follow on X at, piffles pod i'm at real alex d
0: and as always i do not need nor want your pity follows at greg on sports
1: check us out on facebook as well and uh, the website Pifflespodcast.com. of course piffles podcast brought to you by great friends at dairy queen on elphinstone street and sass drive in regina make sure you go there and check them out this friday uh before the game against the elks coming up um lights out Well, that's exactly what this last game was. Well, that's that, that,
0: that was, yeah, they, they were lights out last game.
1: Yeah. Literally nobody woke them up. The lights were out and they did not show up to play. We're going to talk about the Badger bowl here. Let's go. It's time for the opening kickoff. All right. So the riders lose 51 to six, dropping the record to six and six. And I don't want to dwell too much on this game. Um, I do have questions on it, but um, first off, I want to say thank you to everybody that joined us on the Piffles podcast bus out to Winnipeg. It was an absolute blast. It was a great group. Uh, lots of uh, lots of partiers, but nothing over the top. Everyone in Winnipeg was was great to us, except for like two or three. But you you have to expect that anywhere you go. They were a couple of those. Exactly. So I'm not too worried about that. It was great. I had my uh, uh, my shawarma con um, that I was super happy about. And it was just, a, I mean, overall, except for the game itself, it was, it was a blast. Um, not, not going to lie on uh, Saturday morning,
0: seeing the pictures roll in, seeing, seeing the X's tweets, Z's, whatever the heck they're called these days. I had serious fo- FOMO going on. I was like, ah, oh, maybe I made maybe I made a bad decision. And then the game started.
1: Well, the game started out pretty well for the Riders. It was a short kickoff for Winnipeg, and uh, Tola led them to three points with a Lothar field goal. And hey, okay, three points off the bat. Let's go. This is going to be a pretty good game. And then Oliveira happened, and the Bombers happened, and it was just an easy drive for them to score, which didn't worry me too much to start. Um, but when I saw the players leave the field, the defense, after Winnipeg scored their their touchdown there, they all had their heads down. They were hanging their heads, and I'm like, "There it is. This game is not going to be close." They, and yeah, they came it was out just flat. A mess.
0: It was bad. Like watching it on TV, you could tell they came out flat and like super flat. There was nothing there. They just had no answer for o- Oliveira. They had no answer for Zach. Like they just could not do anything to stop that bomber offense and it was you you knew the route was on you knew Winnipeg I don't know whether it was the headbutt whether it was we don't lose two in a row whether it was the same thing they did to BC earlier this year avenging a loss the bombers when they're motivated they don't mess around and it's just ridiculous
1: honestly that game if you take away the middle 58 minutes or so um the Riders had a good start with the field goal, and then forced them to punt at the at the very end. So, if you look at those two minutes of gameplay, that was a pretty good game. Um, unfortunately, the the 58 minutes in between absolutely sucked. Um, but to me, that was that was the worst effort I've seen from the Riders in a long time, and that includes this game that was just in Montreal a month ago. They came out so flat in this one. It looked like they didn't care, specifically Nick Marshall and Jeremy Clark. They just seemed so disinterested. Um, they were getting beat left and right. Deontay Williams was getting beat quite a bit as well, too. Obviously, he's injured now, didn't practice the first day of practice this week. But they, they look like a team, specifically the defense, that knew that they had a split in this series already in the Labor Day and Banjo Bowl split in that in in that in that two game series they got their win in labor day okay no one's expecting us to win in the banjo bowl so why even try that's what it looked like i know that's not how they go into it but that's what it really really looked like and that was frustrating to see
0: We, we said it all year about nick marshall and even longer he's hot and cold and this was a cold game some of the plays i saw him make even if he was near the ball carrier like he legit tried to throw his shoulder into the back of, of of Oliveira. It's like you're not going to take him down that way. Like you throwing a shoulder check into his back is not going to do anything. Try to grab something and take him down. It's just uh, he's going for that big hit, but that big hit's not going to work in that situation.
1: Well, Brady Oliveira, you mentioned him, had uh, over 200 yards offense, had more offense himself than the entire Riders did. Um, he was just on, he was on. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, I, I put in my Tuesday takes that he's, he's going to win the most outstanding Canadian. I don't think there's any real argument there, especially after Matthew Betts slowed down considerably for the lions, but regardless of passport, he should be in the conversation for MOP because he's been fantastic this year. And he's the only receiver running back over a thousand yards. Um, currently anyway Um, and he's running away with the rushing title he's a couple hundred yards up already and he's a big part of Winnipeg's success and I'm starting to really really enjoy watching him play even more so than I have the last couple years to me he's the anti
0: Andrew Harris
1: I enjoy watching him play I really do like he
0: reminds me of Andrew Harris as a runner but I actually like this guy I respect this guy so that's where I'm at with him. And I'm not going to lie, a few years ago when they had to make the decision of uh, of keeping Andrew Harris and keeping him a bomber to the end of his career or dropping Brady, I was praying they were going to drop Brady because I wanted him to come where uh, Ryder Green so bad. But he's going to be a bomber. For, uh, well, chances are he's going to be a bomber for life. But he is so strong as a runner. You can't take him down. And he's a good person to boot. He's hard to hate
1: he- I would I would love to hate him but you can't. He rescues dogs. He's if you know anything about me, he's already my favorite player based on the, on that. Like he's just he is just a genuinely good person and you love seeing guys like that succeed in the CFL and I did he come through the the junior program as well or was he drafted?
0: He was I think drafted. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, he, he was wasn't drafted. a rifle. He wasn't a rifle. I know that. Oh, okay. Because he still. would have destroyed the CGFL like he did.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but he's, uh, he's a great thing for the CFL, and I hope they can really start to market him across the country as you know they did with Andrew Harris being the Canadian running back. They have Brady Olivera to do it now, so hopefully they can bring that going forward. Um, he went to North Dakota, by the way. Ah. Um, but 600 yards of offense for this bomber team in this game. 603, I think it was. Uh Zach Claros was near perfect. Why they kept him in that game for so long. I have no idea.
0: I could not believe he was in that game that long. That made no sense. If he would have got hurt, that just like, like Dakota pro cup. Sure. Drew Brown. Sure. But Zach, he he's your franchise quarterback and believe him out in a game. You guys are the writers had no chance of even catching
1: catching you. That just was so bizarre. Well, when it's 42 to six at the half, they were clearly going to run the ball in the second half. Just keep that clock moving as much as possible and don't get your franchise quarterback hurt. The fact that they didn't just put in drew Brown or pro then was surprising. And especially I mean, especially the week
0: before he took a headbutt to the head and everyone was worried that he was dead.
1: Yeah. Fortunately he didn't get hurt, uh, which is, which is always a good thing, but there's always that. What if, what if he did? And that, I mean, hindsight of course right but that was that was baffling to me um but just the, the the riders defense giving up 600 yards and i've always been a big jason Shivers supporter big fan of his and I, it's it's hard to defend them right now because they're giving up so many yards they're giving up a ton of points and it's not just in this game; even in the games they're winning, they're giving up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Um, I'm I'm starting to get worried about this defense. And sure, a lot of it does come to injuries in the secondary, but there's something missing from this defense. Um, we saw on Labor Day they came out flying and were absolutely dominant in that first half, and then they kind of fell flat the rest of the way. Uh, same with the BC game; the first half they were pretty good. And then fell flat in the fourth quarter. Again, that was with injuries in that game as well. But what 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 are you making of of this defense right now? I remember when Richie Hall was our
0: uh, defensive coordinator. Everyone was talking about the bend but don't break defense he had. They still weren't giving up six hundred points. They weren't giving uh, six hundred points, six hundred yards. They still weren't giving. Well, yeah, the way this team is going, the um, Riders might um, give I was up actually, points. <laughs> I was, tra- I was trying to look it up. Um, both the Alouettes and the Riders are 6-6 six and six, six record. The Riders' point differential versus the Alouettes' point differential are night and day. It is ridiculous the, the amount of points the Riders have given up this
1: year. Um, it's like 104 it's, or something like that, I think, isn't it? It might even be yeah, more it, than that.
0: Like It's ridiculous. So I was trying to look it up while you were talking there, and I just couldn't, so I've, I've given up. A- X is no longer easy to find stuff on. So it's, yeah, unfortunately, like, yeah, we're six and six, but it's a scary six and six. Yeah, we beat BC. Yeah, we beat the Bombers. But yeah, we lost the, the, we got blew up up by the Bombers. We got blown out by the Alouettes. It's, for some reason, we have become a home team versus a road team. Like, the road games are adventures. The home games are adventures, but at least we're winning them.
1: (laughs) The home games, yeah, they keep you you know, interested until the end the the road games, the game's over before it starts. Um, And I forget who uh, posted this on, on Twitter X, uh, but the last four road games for the riders, they've been outscored 142 to 40, which is an average of 35 to 10. Um, And I looked it up. What what are they scoring per game this season? Right now they're being outscored 30 to 20 overall uh, this season. So, yeah, they're scoring more points at home, but they're still giving up, you know, 30 points a game every single game. And when you're having, when you're down to your third string quarterback, that's, that's not going to cut it when you're giving up that much in the, like in the CFL, like I know you're going to give up some points, but giving up 30 every single week, you're putting your offense in a really tough spot. And I'm starting to worry about this defense and how good they actually are. And I think they have some great playmakers on defense. I've, I think they have some really good depth, but it doesn't seem like it's doing much right now. They're susceptible to the big
0: play. It seems like when you think they're going uh, when they're going to do a two and out, or they're going to make a big stop all of a sudden a big play gets thrown on them and the, the team is in the uh, end zone or they make a boneheaded penalty and team gets to reset and then they get their first down again. I, you cannot win games. If you're giving up more games and you more points than you're scoring yet. And that's why we're at a six and six record. Like this team can beat anybody, but they sure the hell can lose to anybody. And they're proving that.
1: Well, and especially when these games they're getting blown out or on the road, they're going to have to play on the road in the playoffs. And that doesn't give me a lot of hope for them getting out of that West semifinal, even though let's just assume that it's probably going to be the Riders and and NBC. The Riders can play pretty well in BC, but I, I wouldn't put much confidence in that right now, at least with the way that they're playing currently. So they got to They got to tidy things up on, on the road anyway, because these last four games on the road have just been atrocious. And outside of, a goal line stand against Edmonton and a very bad interception from Jake Mayer. Uh, Those are the only two road wins the riders have this year. Uh, The rest of the games they've lost. And the good news, the good news is if you break this season into
0: thirds, this was the toughest of the thirds. You had Winnipeg twice, BC in Montreal, Toronto. Like this was a difficult portion of their schedule. And we're still six and six.
1: Yeah. And and to come out three and three in that, um, just the same as the first, first third of the year. Um, I mean, big picture. Yeah. That's I I expected them to be a nine and nine team this year. So that's why I don't want to say, you know, this team's bad and, you know, cut everybody or fire anybody. Like, it's just that I kind of expected that to happen. I didn't, I didn't expect these losses to be as, embarrassing as they have been. I expect some of these I expected some of these wins to be my by more than two points. Like in six wins their point differential is like plus 13 or 14. Like they're if they're in the game they can they can win it. They've shown that but
0: if they need to be able to, to hang south, on.
1: Yeah if the things go south fast then I mean it's it's over. Um which um Will lead me into my next question, but I do want to give a couple uh, positive shout-outs for this game to players. Um, Adam Corsak had uh, some... Re- Once he started directionally punting and getting the ball bouncing, he pinned them pretty deep. Um, the defense sure didn't help him at all, but Corsack uh, was pretty good in the Banjo Bowl. And uh, the running of Thomas Bertrand Houdon, especially at the end of the game, he looked like he was the only one that seemed to care in that game. Um, and I'd like to see him get him see the team get him more touches because he runs hard and we've seen him return a couple kicks when teams kick away from Mario Alford. Um, the guys the guy's got something. He's never going to be that guy that's going to break away and, you know, rush for a 90 yard touchdown, but if he can give you hard yards inside and pick up 10, 12 yards every once in a while, give him the ball.
0: It's like he has no like other gear. It's either, He's not moving or he's full bore. Like he hits every attempt at a hole hard. Like he might not find it, but he's going to go through it. So uh, no, yeah, he was definitely trying at the end of that game. And maybe it was because he's like, hey, guys, this is my shot. I'm going to show you everything I got. But he definitely can be a bright spot. Definitely reminded me of a Neil hughes S type player. Um, That Canadian kid that will just run the ball when you need him to. He, and he probably won't be your feature back, but uh, I li- I like him a lot. I think he did really good. And corsack his kicking is just beauty. He's the reason why Vedvik was expendable. So uh, there's no way he was ever losing that job after <laughs> the, no. the work he did at the beginning of the season.
1: After game one, we all knew. Um, so what do you do with this game? Craig Dickens said you said Craig Dickinson said that you basically just flush it, um, which was kind of. Poetic giving or giving up, you know, what they did that game. Um, but what what do you take much from this game? Like, is it just, okay, well, that's the banjo bowl. They get blown out most of the time there. Or is there more to it? Don't get me wrong. I think you can't dwell on it. You
0: need to move on. But at the same time, just to go, oh, well, it's one of those things that happens. You, no, then, then you guys were defeated before you showed up. If you're telling me that that game, who cares, it's the banjo bowl, we lose anyway, then that means that was your mindset going in and that's why that happened to you because the minute you guys got down, you're like, eh, oh, whatever, it's the banjo bowl. No one cares. You're, you're professional football players. You're paid to play games. You're paid to win games. So just to go who cares is just – I hate that so much. But yeah, don't dwell on it, but go. We're going to learn from it. And it's just like one of those things. like, yeah, hey, it's the Benjaro It's tough to play here. Yeah, you're going to have to play there. If you want to win a great cup, you're going to have to go through Winnipeg. So you need to figure out how to win in Winnipeg.
1: And that's why if I'm the Riders this week, I'm not even paying attention to any of that film. I'm not going back to rewatch any of it. Um, the only time I'm bringing that game back is if they win the semi West semifinal and have to play Winnipeg in the West final, that's the only time I'm bringing that game back. Um, I don't know what more you can like. If you're the coaches, you're probably yelling at the, at the guys in the locker room about their effort level. Um, other than that, like, I mean, what else can you do really? So I don't, This specific game, whatever. I just kind of push it off and whatever. But that leads me to the question, who is this team two-thirds into this season? Is this a team that can win a couple close games and just get blown out the rest, which is kind of you know what they have been over the last month? Um, is this a good team? Is this a bad team? What kind of team is this that we have here in Saskatchewan? I don't think they know.
0: That's the saddest part. I don't think they know who they are because you you see performances out there that are extremely exceptional. Um, Nick Marshall has had those. You've seen performances that are absolutely terrible. Nick Marshall has those as well. (laughs) Like this team, if anything, is consistently inconsistent. You do not know what you're getting game to game. And some of that is due to injury. Some of that is due to makeup. Some of that is due to, I'm assuming, coaching at some point. Because if you don't have the right people in the right spots, this is inconsistencies are going to happen. So what do you do? I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to happen coming into this game on Friday. Because Edmonton's playing pretty good right now-ish. The game against them earlier this year was a blown <laughs> kick through the end zone by the returner, and they weren't good then. So are, but we beat Winnipeg at home. So I don't know. Like I do not know what this team is, and I am going to white knuckle every game until the end of the season.
1: The frustrating part is the inconsistency, I think, uh, from the fans. If we knew we were, you know, the Ottawa Red Blacks, bad team. Just, we know that already, right? Do Keep they know close. that? Have, have you seen the know uh,
0: X on? Okay, have you seen their fans' uh, X feeds?
1: I don't think no. they know that. They should know that. Because uh, Ottawa is a bad team. But once you can accept that, right? Like, it's a lot easier you know, halfway through 2015, okay, this is a bad team now, right? 2016. Yeah, yeah, this is a bad team. Um, But when you keep it close, it's a little bit more fun. And you can, you know, hopefully see them grow. But every time I see this team grow, they take a step back. And we saw that with the team growing and then getting blown out of Montreal, then they have these two games against BC and, and Winnipeg. And then the manager ball happens. So it seems like there's always, you know, they make strides and then they just completely collapse. It's legit
0: two steps forward, one step back.
1: And, and yeah. And, and like I said, this team, I predicted them to be a nine and nine team, which is an average team. Cause I always think that good teams, win games, find ways to win games, bad teams, find ways to lose games. Average teams do both. Um, this team really, and I thought about it, Really, really reminds me of a Roy Shiver's Danny Barrett team. Thank you. I was thinking the exact same thing. It really does because they have some really good talent on this team, just oh. like the Shivers era. They had some great, great talent in those in the two thousands.
0: Those play, those playoff runs, so to speak. Like I have flashbacks of two thousand and three. Going, Keith, we're we're making, we're we're good. Oh my god! Like so. Those that don't know, I was a male cheerleader at the U of R. We shut down practice. We practiced Sunday nights. And we had the game playing in the background. And that Western final, we legit shut down to the practice to listen to the game on the radio. And, like, are we going to, like, no, this team's not going to win. And, like, those teams were good, but not good at the same time. They had the talent. They just could never put it together. And that's exactly how this team feels right now. You can see you can see individuals that are gonna be that could take this team and then it's just they just can't seem to put a full game together but that's technically rider football that's always been rider football a yeah. team that cannot put
1: four quarters together that's kind of been the you know the 113 year tradition of the team um, but yeah I, I I find a lot of similarities in there um, I don't know it's gonna take a, uh, another year or so of them. Growing together with the core of this team, whoever they decide the core is, um, also some consistency in the quarterback would help. Obviously, injuries threw that out the window. Um, but, but here, here here's the problem it is, is, I guess how do how do you build
0: when you got a GM and a coach in a lame duck season? Where where do you go from here? Because next year, everything could be turned on its head.
1: It could be. yep, yeah, absolutely. Well, look at the difference between the 2006 team and the 2007 team. There wasn't a lot of difference in players. The core was still there. There was, I mean, obviously, DJ Flick and Wayne Smith trade from Hamilton sure helped out. Um, yeah, that definitely did. A new quarterback. But, I mean, they're, that team was pretty much the same. It, it was a yeah. very similar team to the team they had that got blown out in BC in 2006 in the West Final. So, one thing changed kent austin came in whether that's going to happen i have no idea um but whatever um but overall i don't think we want i
0: don't think we want kent austin anymore
1: no probably not um <laughs> but yeah this this is a it, it's a nine and nine team they're an average team um they're gonna keep us on our Ten toes and, eight. Ten and sure. eight.
0: come on ten and eight <laughs>
1: I hope so. That would be good. Getting I think I actually I think I called them 14 and 4. I I, I overshot this year. For whatever reason, nine and nine here in, in Saskatchewan just doesn't sit well with the fans. I feel like a lot of people would rather the team be eight and ten than to be nine and nine because that just brings back the memories of Roy and Danny and just the, the mediocrity of that um era of football. But
0: can we can we bring Roy back uh Danny back for the Assessed Hell Max commercials?
1: Yeah, uh, he's got to film those before. He's still coaching, isn't he? With, uh, I think so. Yeah. He was with Houston, I think. He was the running backs coach. I don't know if he's still there or not. I'd have to look that up. But um, put him in the plaza. Uh, both of them, Roy and Danny. Oh, yeah. Like
0: it, it's The fact that they're not in, is like we say
1: all the time, is just a, a travesty. Um, signings this week as practice rosters expand in the CFL. The Riders made four signings. Um, signing a couple on the D line, Braden Thomas and Caleb Son Sa- or Caleb Sanders, a defensive back, Tedrick Thompson, and receiver John Ursua. Um, so we'll see if any of these guys can get into a game later in the year. Um, obviously, this isn't something that's going to happen right away. But usually, these signings um, they're they're important signings. We see this happen, especially with defensive backs. You sign them in August, September when the practice rosters expand, and then october they play a game or two and that's exactly what happened with amari henderson that's what happens with roland milgan roland milgan exactly they get in for a game or two at the very end and then break out the next season so remains to be seen okay, one, obviously with these one, guys but
0: one second i need to do my uh riders x impression uh rider fans x impression but can any of these guys play line?
1: <laughs> well hopefully there's uh we'll talk about it when we talk about the edmonton game coming up but hopefully some uh uh, help on the online line coming up. There's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Let's go to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zone as we take a look around the CFL. Um, just want to remind everybody that the uh, CFL fans fight cancer riders team sign football raffle is still going on one entry for $5, three for 10 and 10 for 20. If you want to get in on this, I don't have one of the balls uh, beside me, but, uh, nice rough rider sign team signed football, uh, can be yours. Uh, just shoot us a message on X or Facebook or find us somehow. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll get you in there. It's going to go through the rest of September. Draw will be done first week of October. So still plenty of time, but don't forget, get in as soon as you can and let's raise some money to help fight cancer.
0: And speaking of which actually I know it's not on here but I I want to mention these Stadnick invitational this weekend golf tournament. Uh, are you golfing in this? I am actually it's uh, me and Steve uh, we are stuck with the two boys Joel and uh, John Frazier from the Greencast. We oh, are the no. Meatball Brigade. We are the Meatball Brigade. <laughs> um we are and also with this we are raising money uh, for for this. We are all donating based on how many strokes and lost balls we're also looking for people to actually adopt teams. Uh, there's four teams, and it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a dumb way to raise money. Uh, Mark Johnson, uh, Johnston, sorry, of uh, Play Ninety Two, and of course of the Riders uh, pregame, ho- uh, po- uh, sorry, game host is also golfing in it. So it's going to be a ton of fun, and we're once again we're raising money for cancer. So and it's going to be a long morning. We, we, we're we're teeing off at eight o'clock. It's That's not after
1: good, the late game too, right? So yeah. Exactly have fun
0: uh, uh, it's well, it's golf oh. it's a, a bad day of golf is better than a good day doing
1: most things so that's true um, Darnell Sankey former rider signed with Montreal. do you make much Once of that
0: a writer, he was a writer <laughs> I,
1: I I understand
0: it's the East. I don't understand how it helps Montreal. I don't think their defense was that bad. They signed Sean Lemon and Darnell Sankey. Is it is it going to make a difference against Toronto, who's a buzzsaw right now? Maybe. I Sure. I'm glad he's back in the league. I just don't understand how that helps Montreal.
1: I don't know who else would have made a big pitch for him anyway. Um, probably one of the teams that isn't going to make the playoffs or wouldn't go past. Round one of the playoffs. So, if you wanted to get a little bit of playoff money, that's not a bad team to go to, I guess. I expect them to be in the East Final. Um, because there's well, really his choices were
0: Calgary, us, Winnipeg, BC, Toronto,
1: and n- none no one else them, was going to sign No, No one else was going to sign him, and none of them need him at all. Well, the Riders might right now. Um, but they're. To break the bank on him it's not worth it right now
0: like don't get me wrong they could the riders could have got away with the designated american with larry dean did some fancy f- finagling on the roster to get him on but i don't know if they had them have the money to spare i don't know where, where they're at with the cap even though trevor harris is out but with philip blake probably coming back his it's not like he's cheap either so it's I don't know. I, I guess it depends on where the financials
1: are. Um, the CFL.ca stats page works. Our interview with Randy Ambrosi works. Cause just a couple we weeks later, it. we finally got, I, I decided, okay, well it's gotta be like yesterday on Monday. Um, as we record this on Tuesday night, I decided, okay, well I'm going to, I need to look up a couple things uh, on the CFL's website. Let's see what the PDF has to say this week. And it was the exact same stuff that they had the last few years. It was the top fifteen in each category there. plus there was an option to load more, which I haven't seen yet this year. And this is so great. I mean, the pictures of the players instead of being you know, like a little circle, it was Circles. all stretched out, uh, so it looked awful. But they had it going, and I'm so happy about it. this is this is great. Um, so I could actually find out that, oh, look, Tevin Jones has this many yards receiving because you can't go on to Riderville and check that out. So now you should be able to, I don't know what happened, finally got pressured enough. Um, so I know a lot of people uh, listen to Randy Ambrosi and hear him talk in circles, which he is very good at as, I mean, a commissioner. And that's, why he, got the, and a that's commissioner why he got the job. Crowley is going to do that, right? That, that is his job is to do that. Um, but to come out and say, frankly, we're not impressed with it and we're frustrated with it. And then two weeks later, something changes. That's good to see. That's, that's promising to see. Obviously there's going to be still some work to be done, but it does show that they're serious in improving their products. So thank you CFL for doing that. CFL.ca
0: got the piffles bumped. That's all I'm going to say about it.
1: We did it. We did it. We did it. We, we did it. Oh. Well, um, Riders and Elks this upcoming Friday. You mentioned it, Greg, the uh, O line uh, with Philip Blake. Let's start there with the offensive line. Um, Evan Johnson was back practicing in day one, which I never thought I'd be so, mo- so excited about seeing Evan Johnson come back. Everybody knows we're not a big fan you of his and me on both. the show. Um, but he is my favorite Husky though. As do you think Steve's listening again? I I'm hoping, I'm hoping he just like, I'll go to the picks. We'll, we'll fast forward a bit. Yeah. Um, but Evan Johnson back practicing is good. Um, not that Logan Bandy was bad by any means. Um, but just to have the continuity in the O line is so important. And to have Evan Johnson back there is a big step up. Um, Philip Blake was a full participant in day one of practice. Um, Britton Gray of the green zone saying he may not play until next week. Um, If that's the case, great Um, because he's eligible to play in this game. But if you just one game him here, then coming back from a torn peck and only missing 13 games, 12 or 13 games, uh, whenever they do decide to bring him back, would be absolutely huge. So if they can get Blake back in that lineup, that's a big, big deal for this riders' offense.
0: To me, this is still insane. Everyone wrote him off for this season. And the fact that he, he might play five games, regular season and whatever playoff games we have blows my mind. Like maybe, maybe uh, Trevor Harris isn't that far off. We, we, we might actually have a full, t- like our, so-called starting lineup going into the uh, last part of the season. Just
1: didn't think it was going to happen. So with that, with the uh, talk of the O-line there, with what we saw last week in the Banjo Bowl, are you worried about the offense um, or offensive line coming up this week against Edmonton? No.
0: It's Edmonton. I understand they are the (laughs) Elks. But I'm not that concerned about... Yes, it's a Chris Jones defense, and Chris Jones, so-called, is a defensive genius, blah, blah, blah. blah. I am not that concerned. The one thing that does concern me is how they're going to contain Trey Ford. That's the only thing I'm worried about going into this game, and I know we're going to talk about it, but I'm not concerned about the Elks defense because they're while they're not bad, they're not great either, and I think the Riders have the tools that will match up well. And
1: probably should win this game okay well let's talk about trey ford then um the last time the both times that the riders played the elks it was against taylor cornelius um, I miss early, him. Can earlier can I bring him <laughs> back kidding um earlier this year and the riders had trouble stopping him when he ran and he trey ford's was faster awful quarterback and trey ford is a trending upwards quarterback he's getting there and he's getting more reps and he's looked better than Cornelius ever has and he's a much better runner not that you're not going to have Micah Tite spy him the The riders have proven they're not going to have any of their linebackers spy anybody um, they better this game that's just not what their defense does though they run too they, much zone they, they for have that to. to
0: work they have to do something because you cannot let him run. You cannot let him run around that. It, it is legit Madden. 04. Michael Vick in the backfield and you just keep on running around until the defense gets bored of waiting. And then you just keep on running. And that's what Trey Ford is doing. He's just buying time until he sees a breakdown. And if he can't find anything to throw, he runs. You, you have to keep him you have to make him throw the ball. And yeah, he's so far shown he's a better quarterback than Cornelius, but he still needs to be able to throw the ball. So keep your defense tight, keep him in the backfield, and you'll be fine. The minute you break down coverage to let him run the ball, it's going to be a long night.
1: I wonder how they're going to attack it, though, because they usually don't have anybody spy. Now, you're also getting Pete Robertson returning this game. So is there going to be a lot of contain on his end instead of just straight up trying to rush the passer? Um Anthony Lanier didn't practice uh in day one here. Don't know what his status is yet for the game. But if he happens to miss the game and it's Lake Corte Moore or Cody Roscoe getting a start, there's not a lot of experience from those guys. Um and you get a running quarterback and you overcommit to something, he's going to be able to take off. So I'm really curious how they're going to attack him um, with contain and force him to beat him with your arm. Because if you do keep him in the pocket, I like the rider's chances. But once he starts moving around and running around, I don't know. I really don't.
0: The good news is he can't pull a Nelson, like grab a guy and use him as a blocker. I need to get a 7th surface somebody,
1: before we're done. Somebody should try that.
0: Um... But it's just, I don't know. It's Trey Ford is the only X factor in this game is because we really haven't seen much of him. And yeah, now at least we have some tape on him to, due to other games, but the team plays better with him than Taylor Cornelius. I don't think they're going to win this week, but once again, I think no one's going to be able to leave their seats Till the end of the game, because that's just who, who this team is.
1: Well, and Deontay Williams defensive back missed uh day one of practice. Uh Tremaine Washington, who the Riders signed a couple weeks ago uh, for their practice roster, uh, was getting reps with the ones. And I've been waiting to kind of see him because so have I. I can't
0: believe it's taken this long to be honest.
1: Let the CFL and in interceptions in 2021, uh, in the shortened season there. Um guy's a good experienced defensive back. So if you have any kind of injury issues, like this is now's the time to see them. Um, especially when Eugene Lewis is starting to turn back into Eugene Lewis, making some big plays and Trey Ford is finding him deep um, often in the last few games. Anyway, if you can stop Eugene Lewis, I don't really like the rest of the Elks receivers as a whole. Um, but if you stop him, I mean, Dunbar has actually started to turn it up a little bit, um, but if you can put your best guy on on Dunbar and and contain Eugene Lewis and not have him make that big play, then I like the rider's chances.
0: All I know is this better be a good effing Nick Marshall night, not a bad effing Nick Marshall night
1: because it could be a long night. Well, anytime he's had a bad game, he usually seems to bounce back with a really good one the next. So, I mean, he's he's had way more good games this year than bad games. Oh, 100%. Sure. And
0: th- there was a point there in the middle of the season where no one went at him. But the minute the minute the Bombers realized that he was having a bad day, they just eviscerated
1: him. Yeah. And it all comes down to which Ryder team shows up not just Nick Marshall, but the rest of them. If they walk into this um, thinking that they're going to have an easier time because they should beat the the Elks on it and on paper, they absolutely should. But if they go in with that mindset, that's recipe for disaster. And they need a quick start. I think they really need a quick start in this game just to get that confidence going, keep the crowd in it. And we've seen some really lively crowds at Mosaic stadium this year. This has been honestly the first year in this stadium that the crowd has really been as loud as they have been Um,
0: minus the first year, the first year, of course it was the spectacle of the new stadium, but yeah, the last couple of games, you can feel something building in the crowd. People brought it. Uh, I'm hoping that carries over. My only concern, it's a Friday night game and that
1: town crowd lights out uh, with a Friday night game. The only Friday night game of the year. I'm hoping that's, you know, kind of a catalyst for, you know, people out to have fun and yell a whole bunch and and get really loud and 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 have a lot of fun. So the team feeds off that. So they're going to they're going to need that. So Rotten Nation show up and uh get that team get that team into it early because if they get into it early, I really really like their chances, but if they come out flat to start, then I don't know if they have enough to to come back even against Edmonton this team
0: definitely has an issue once they fall behind that's when you see the really dumb penalties that's when you see they get frustrated they play better most teams play better from the lead but the riders especially the minute they fall behind it's it's a gong show I had other things I wanted to say but they're not PG
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to this one. I got uh, some friends coming in from Edmonton from the game. I've got a friend coming in uh, from Calgary for the game as well, too, who I'm sitting with. So I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing more of the great members of the CFL family because uh, the Banjo Bowl was was great for that. So we were treated excellent there. And I know we'll treat everybody great here as well, too, uh, for this game. But looking forward to seeing a lot of people I haven't seen in a while, so.
0: It's weird. This game is going to have Red Blacks fans, Stamps fans. The CFL is a weird fraternity, family, whatever the heck you want to call it. It's who cares who's playing? Let's just have fun. uh, I'm I'm glad to be a part
1: of it. That's why I love it. Uh, Let's take a look at the games this week. And uh, I can incorrectly guess the spreads. Um, We'll start with uh, the first game, Doubleheader, uh, Friday and Saturday. Um, The first game on Friday... Toronto at Montreal. Toronto can clinch first place after only there, 12 games.
0: Th- this line hasn't moved. Um, and it's you you know who is favored. So
1: what do you think it is? Yeah. Um Toronto by seven and a half.
0: Six and a half.
1: Ah oh I'll, my take... favorite
0: my favorite favorite part of this high over under 52 and a half.
1: I don't see Montreal contributing a lot to that. Um, I don't either. Especially if Cody Fajardo keeps Fajardo-ing like he has been the last month. He's been just bad to the point where I'm thinking you need to at least get in Caleb Evans a little bit just to give Fajardo a break.
0: Once again, I said it last week, Cody is trying too hard. I'm hoping he can get his head on straight. But yeah, like he 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 takes and that's both his blessing and his curse he wants to win so bad he takes it very personally and puts it all on himself when he needs to realize he's got an entire team around him so don't force the ball do not make a decision play the game like you know you can play and unfortunately i see toronto
1: just molly whopping montreal this week good choice of words yeah Toronto, plus the points, I don't care what it is. They're going to clinch first here, and then they can just kind of coast the rest of the year. I'm really curious. Which is good for us. Yeah. I I, I assume Toronto's going to win, and assuming they do, I'm really interested to see how they attack the rest of the season. Who gets a rest? Five games. Five games. It's nuts. Like, are they going to start? Obviously, you're not going to rest your starters for all those games, clearly, but is one guy who maybe have a little bit of a nagging injury. Do you put him on the one game for for a week and and let him get a little bit healthier? Um, Whereas if it was a meaningful game for them, obviously he would play. So I'm really curious how Toronto is going to attack the last third of the year for them. Um, I've never seen a team clinch first this fast. This is wild to me.
0: Here's a question
1: for you. Would you put a guy in the sixth game just to pull him off early? No. Just curious. Just curious. If you know you're I, going I guess- to, then there's no reason to. I
0: oh, guess.
1: I guess it was be difference since Toronto qu- clinch last
0: week. Do you sit a guy for six games, <laughs> and sa- sa- save on his uh,
1: maybe sa- save on his salary? <laughs> hey Chad Kelly, we don't really need you again for another. Uh, I, I you know, was thinking month more and Andrew now. Harris. Yeah, I mean, with the way J way AJ Ouellette's playing, um, they don't really need Harris.
0: No, you can, you can, you can put them on the shelf and bring them up for playoffs, but an idea, but then you pull him off early. You got to pay his full salary anyway. So it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. And I mean, his contract is guaranteed anyway. Um, Obviously the full thing doesn't count against the cap if he's on the sixth game, but um, exactly. if you're going to pay him, well, I mean, whatever, he might as well pay him. I would actually play Andrew Harris a lot more right now. Uh, if they clinch first early. Um, save for save, the playoffs? Exactly. Um, game two of the week. Double header on this the line has moved Edmonton at Saskatchewan. Um, Saskatchewan. I'm going to say now is at minus two and a half. They started minus two and a half. It is now minus three. Well, seen as all their wins combined, all six of them are by a total of about 14 points. Might maybe less actually. Um, god they really should win by three or more they really really should oh this this is
0: going to be a single win again i i just mm, oh it
1: shouldn't be it feels like it's going to be take i'll take the riders to cover that three points i'm
0: taking i'm taking the riders it's a it's a lower over under 45 and a half so
1: yeah i can't see it being much more than that anyway
0: no, I'm thinking it's gonna be a low scoring affair, which is gonna be a bit of a snooze fest, but it is what it is.
1: Well, I mean, the last game here against Edmonton was a snooze fest until the final two and a half minutes, and then that ended up being some of the wildest two and a half minutes you've ever seen. So <laughs> Oh, so good. <laughs> um
0: I, I just got that poorly uh the, the My Heart Will Go On
1: recorder song in my head that I put the punch to. Just oh awful. <laughs> awful ending to a game oh uh, it was a great ending No, oh, well, i mean for rider fans absolutely was but just yeah i feel i still feel bad for the guy for I, sims i I'm, I'm going to do something
0: that i will never do the i'm going to bring someone's name up that i said i would never talk about the difference between actually i won't even say his name the difference between the rider broadcast and the elks broadcast in that moment Oh, it is so. Especially if you find the cut where someone put them together. The elks, you had Dave uh, and Morley, like, yeah, and Morley just losing their mind in absolute despair. Well, it was the what are you doing? You got to bring it out. You got to bring it out. What are you doing? <laughs> and then you've got Luke and the other guy. <laughs> And they're saying the same thing, except they're happy. It's like it was such a flip of the coin. It was just a wild way to finish a game. I've never seen people so happy for uh, for a single in my life. It was hilarious.
1: I have a story I'll tell you off air about uh, being happy for a single. Um, I actually I, I had a reference I was going to make, Steve. and I,
0: I I decided to turn a corner because I realized the joke I was about to make.
1: Yeah. Um, it involves Steve actually, um, huh. and not Chris Trevler. Although I'll find a way to get Chris Trevler in there with Steve. <laughs> oh, I didn't ooh, mention ooh. that uh, Steve was actually on the field with Chris Trevler at the Oh, well, We, no, we kind
0: of we, we alluded to it, we just never told the story.
1: Yeah, so what it was was um, they brought him in for autograph signing pregame uh, at the, at the bomber tailgate. Um, and then they had a in game interview with him. As I know, they had on the broadcast as well because John Liu was there in his swoot, which is just fantastic. I love John Lou. The, du- the dude's like he's the, the, the fashion plate of the C- of the CFL. The dude's a fashion plate. Love him. I mean, dude's wearing sweat suit, um, a sweat suit suit. suit. It's legit, and
0: made of sweat material, sw- uh,
1: sweater material. It's awesome. Looks amazing, and he's he's a funny guy. If you ever get a chance uh, to see him at a Grey Cup or or at a game or something, and you have a chance to actually talk to him, he is awesome. I love John Lou. He's he's my favorite on TSN right now. My,
0: my only problem with John Lou, he made the career decision to move from Montreal to Winnipeg.
1: It's home for him.
0: I guess. But it's still Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, um, there's about, I think it was about five or six minutes left, maybe closer to ten minutes left in the, in the second quarter. And some of the bomber um, in-game team uh comes to our section and says we need some volunteers for for halftime didn't say what it was okay um so a couple people got up went with them they came back we need five more and i didn't even i thought steve was at the rum hut um he spent a lot of time there and i thought he was just there sure enough he actually went and volunteered with them it ended up being 10 on 10 bubble soccer um on oh, the field. I, wish
0: I I I wish I was there. I I I'm king of bubble soccer,
1: but. so it was 10 10 bomber fans and 10 rider fans. And there was one guy in the bomber jersey that was I mean obviously you're not going to go after the soccer ball, you're going after everybody else oh, in the, yeah. in the That would have me. Right? That would me. But he was getting everybody from behind and then he would chicken off somewhere. And I'm like, "Yep, that would definitely be a guy wearing a bomber jersey right there." Like there was n- he wouldn't even let them get up. He just kept jumping on them. I'm like, "Okay, buddy, like whatever." Yeah. Um, but during the, uh, the game itself, that's when they did their in-game, uh, in-stadium interview with Chris Strebler. And, uh, yeah, Steve was sharing the field with his hero, Chris Strebler, and it was just fate. It was just, it was excellent. They, they caught,
0: they they locked eyes across the field. They knew. Oh, they knew
1: hundred percent. And that was Steve's crowning moment of the weekend and probably of his life
0: and that's why he's not here because he just can't uh deal with the loss of being that close to Stravler and probably never be there again
1: it's okay steve we'll get him on the show one day and steve we're, we're, we're here for you like talk to us please um <laughs>
0: he, he's gonna hate us so much oh yeah
1: he already <laughs> does yeah i know he does <laughs> Did you see what the words he said in our DM group? Yeah, he well, my, my
0: favorite that. thing is you said something, and I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. and he he gave a words to both of us. I'm like, I haven't said anything yet. And all he says is like, I know who you are. I'm like, that's hurtful. I am a human being, Steve.
1: it's it's accurate, but it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Um, you now speaking of Chris Trevler's bombers, uh, they're in uh, Hamilton this week. Hamilton, all of a sudden, one game out of a home playoff game. Um, important win for them last Welcome week. Welcome to the East. Yeah, important win for them last week. Also keeping Calgary out of the playoffs, which if you can keep Calgary out of the playoffs, is great with me because I just feel all tingly knowing that Calgary's going to miss oh. the playoffs. It makes me so happy inside.
0: I Like I said, I don't know what to do with myself. Like if Calgary misses the playoffs, what am I going to do?
1: And how great would it be this week if it was – You know, a Montreal win, a Saskatchewan win, a Hamilton win. Heck, even an Ottawa win, just while Calgary's on the bye and just fall even further behind everybody. How great would that be?
0: It'd be amazing.
1: Um, So anyway, it's Winnipeg at Hamilton. Um, I'm guessing. Has not moved. Like nine and a half for Winnipeg. No. Not that high. high. You're high. Really? Six and a
0: half. Really? Six and a half. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Bombers. <laughs> you you would think, well, then again, don't get me wrong, Hamilton at home, but you would think, but well, maybe they think the bom- uh, the Bombers, uh, you know what? They were mad at the riders and, but yeah, no, six and a half. Uh, they're minus uh, 115, 47 and a half is the line. I, <sighs> Winnipeg, I easily covers that number. I don't see how they don't. They are too good.
1: Yeah. And they can they can't quite clinch first, but they're still in the battle with BC for first. And I know they want to get that done and out of the way. So they'll O'Shea'll have them bring their their A game this week. So yeah. Give me the bombers and the points on that one. And the final game of the week is Ottawa at BC. Uh last time we saw an East team travel out to BC um, that we expected to get blown out. They ended up blowing out BC when it was Hamilton. So, um, but this is Ottawa. See, yeah, this is Ottawa. Um, BC probably by what, eight? Nine and a half. Nine and a half, yeah. They should. They I, should absolutely they should. cover that. Yeah, they absolutely
0: should. And Ottawa. That's why I'm, 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 ta- I'm taking chalk all the way through here. I don't see a single upset. Amongst the group this week. I I think BC is going to win and buy the spread.
1: Yeah, they are. And they absolutely should. Everybody's figured Dustin Crum out. And since they have, he's done absolutely nothing. And auto on the road. I know auto on the road is better than auto at home, but that's, again, that's a long trip out to, to BC and yeah, BC will win. And then some. And uh, I think that's that's all we got this week. Did I miss anything? I not like so. Steve misses Chris Traveller though, but like I
0: know. Like, unless we want to make more Chris Traveller jokes because Steve's not here.
1: Well, let's let's do that to his face next week. Let's let's make okay. more Chris Traveller jokes. Deal. And uh,
0: I, I got deal with him on Saturday, so. Uh, if, if a if a Chris Trevler cutout ends up in her uh, golf cart, who knows?
1: Maybe we should make something work Friday for the tailgate. We'll figure something Maybe. out. Yeah. All right, perfect. Well, enjoy the uh, the riders and elks this Friday for Lights Out game. They're giving out seven thousand uh, light up glasses, uh, so I'm hoping to get in early to get a pair of those.
0: It, light, lights Out, it's always fun, and it's not. A, once again, it's not a theme. No. It's an event, yeah, but not a theme. <laughs> play the game with no lights on—that's a theme. <laughs>
1: there you go. Nothing but
0: spotlights. Yeah, but make the quarterbacks play in the dirt. No, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a fun night. It's the sh- the show is always fun, but uh, yeah, it's not a theme. But and it should be a good game. Friday night game, only Friday night game at Mosaic this year. So, it's going to have its usual TSN shenanigans. I'm certain. There's gonna be a odd call from the from the booth. <laughs> That's about it.
1: Well, luckily we won't have to listen to it because we'll be there. Um, exactly. but thank you everyone listening to the Piffles podcast, watching on uh, YouTube or on SAS Tell Max. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed uh, as we leave you. Piffles podcast, of course, brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as always out to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support to make this show possible. And uh, thank you again. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert.